I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is Halftime Adjustments on WPXI Now. Welcome to Halftime Adjustments. We are officially, I think with, uh, with this show, we are officially Chris Carter on the other side of the week meaning we're over the hump, meaning it's all downhill from here, meaning take a breath. It's time to talk about what everybody's talking about, and that's sports. It's a great diversion, isn't it? Yes, it is. I'll be. It's such a great way to break up your week, get some breaks in. Uh, there's, some, there's some interesting sports going on in Pittsburgh right now. Well, we're going to talk about the Steelers and the Pirates a little bit later, but let's just start with the Penguins because, well, uh, it's been an interesting week for the Penguins. Uh, first of all, they welcomed back fans on a limited basis last night, uh, 2,800 fans. And they were perhaps motivated by those fans a little bit because Penguins came out without their captain, Sidney Crosby, and beat up the Philadelphia Flyers, which is a great way to start March in this homestand. Sidney Crosby and the COVID, NHL COVID protocol. Uh, again, that next man up mentality, uh, it, it goes way beyond just the Steelers. And the Penguins have been employing that, and they were able to, up with a big effort against the Flyers without Sid. I agree. I mean, it's a, you know, it's, it's a huge rivalry, Albie. They need to kind of set the tone for how this is going to go this, this year. Um, and and we, we all know what, what the deal is. They're in an extremely competitive division. Um, you know, they've been, they, they, they got, they still get. And, and I think the Penguins, they're figuring some things out. And, and for them to get a win like that when they found out the day of that Crosby couldn't play Albie, that's huge. That, that's, a, that's a big message that, hey, we still believe in what we're doing here. Uh, you've seen the uptick of Tristan Jari playing better with his save percentage get, getting higher. Um, so that, that, that's – or his goal is a goal to allow percentage being, you know, being higher. But that's what, that's what you want to see right, right, right now is that you want to see that the Penguins are resilient, that they still have that fight in them. And, and this is what I've said all along it's always just about get to the playoffs and make sure you're healthy in the NHL. That's it. You do that. And you got your, you got your key guys available. You can make a, you can make a run. That's what the Penguins are trying to do. Figure out the the, the ways to cover up their biggest weaknesses. Um, if their goalie play continues to improve, maybe they're in a much better position than a lot of people even gave them credit for Albie, but certainly um, the, the win on Tuesday was very huge for what, for what the Penguins needed um, and exciting to see if they can continue that in the homestand. And you talk about resilience and all that other stuff, and they, they check all those boxes. I mean, this is a team that somehow figures out a way. It doesn't matter if they're down uh, 3-1 or 4-1, they get back. They're never out of a game. And, and you know, you get a good feeling about that end of it. You make a great point about the division, and that's the situation that they're in. They have five straight home games to start the month of March. One of them is down two more against the Flyers. Uh, and, and it, you know, listen, you gotta, you gotta be able to beat those teams on top of you, uh, to try to cut that point differential. The good news is the Pens were able to do that in the first game, but they can't afford to go into these home and homes. And in this case, there's one extra game on the end and split them because if, and and, and you would also like to beat these teams in regulation because you don't want to get the two points and have them get one point and cut your gain by half. Uh, but with Boston and Washington and the Islanders and Philadelphia, 
uh, all in front of them. Uh, the Penguins know it's going to be a tough stretch. In this nine-game stretch to start March, they play the Flyers three times and they play the Bruins twice. Uh, that's five tough games in nine. Um, and, and, and truthfully, they're all tough because whether you're playing the Rangers or whether you're playing Buffalo, uh, those division games are so important. I think the Penguins um, know exactly what their situation is, and that is they can't take a night off. They can't have many nights when they let points go by the wayside. Uh, it's going to be a fight to the finish. I think everybody realizes that. Uh, right now, technically speaking, they're on the outside looking in, but they're right on the edge of the playoffs. And uh, you try to just get some traction in March, get some traction, get gain some ground um, and, and do yourself uh, some good as you get into those games in April. And this year it's extended a little bit, but uh, certainly as you get into April and early May you want to be uh, clicking on all cylinders. Absolutely. Ali. And to your point about, you know, making sure that you're winning games in regulation, that was a big part of what made Tuesday great for the Penguins was on top of not having Crosby, on top of seeing Malkin step up and, you, you know, you seeing guys step up in different ways. They got two points and the Flyers got none. They are tied now with the Flyers in points. Now the Flyers have played less games. So, you know, that technically that that's still to their advantage, but at the same time, you, you need to make up ground. If you're the Penguins, you need to, you need to keep pushing. You need to keep fighting to, to get into the top part of the part of this division and wins like that can get you on spurts. And how many times I'll be over the years. And, and I know every team is different and everything, but how many times with this core that they're still playing with right now, have we seen them struggle, figure things out and then get hot at a certain point of the year. And that's the push that gets the Penguins into the playoffs and makes them competitive throughout the playoffs. And if, uh, if they can get on a run, that's what, that's, what's going to determine things. So, you know, like you said, they got, they got two more games against these flyers at home. You want to, you want to close out at least get the, get, get to win, win the two out of three here um, because then you're at least making sure you're coming out of this two points up on them. Um, but you know, I'll be interested, Albie, to see, you know, how they continue to push uh, because you know, we've seen the Flyers. The Flyers have been a better team this year, you know, because we've seen them down in the dumps in rec recent years. They've been stepping up. Um, and again, the, the rest of the division uh, that, that, that they're in right now, it's extremely competitive. We knew it would be. So, you know, it, it'd be a it'd be a big kudos to be able to get this off to the right kind of start over the next week or two. Yeah, a couple other things. You know, you look to the game against the Flyers last night, the game that the Penguins were able to win. Uh, you mentioned goaltending. Tristan Jari, uh, he's picking a good time to kind of get it together. There were yes. some questions about Tristan Jari early. He seems to have uh, things going now. He had 40 saves last night, and there are some guys in front of him, not only on defense, but on the penalty kill in particular. Uh, the Penguins are able to shut down that Flyers power play. Um, if they're able to do that against the Flyers and if they're able to do that against the Capitals, that special teams is so important. Uh, not just uh, the, the power play, but killing penalties. They were able to do that so well on, on, on Tuesday night. And, uh, you know, if they get the goaltending and if they're able to uh, get that power play going and the penalty kill going and the big stars stepping up, Malkin being one of them, I think shoot, they'll be fine. Shoot the puck. That's the name of the game with the power play. <laughs> Absolutely. Now you're sounding like Mike Sullivan, and he's so true. He's so right <laughs> when he says that. Put the puck on net. You'd be surprised what can happen. All right, Chris, thank you. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Steelers. And J.J. Watt went the other way, but we kind of knew that anyway. But we're going to be talking about free agency and some other stuff that they have on their plate. It's going to be a busy offseason. It already is when we return on Halftime Adjustments. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. I'm Albie Oxenrider with Chris Carter on the other end from our yeah. uh, partners at DKPittsburghSports.com. Chris? Are you feeling that 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 football energy that we're uh, expecting to get from now through the offseason? What do you mean expect to get from now? I always have the football energy, Albie. The day after the Super Bowl, I got football energy. You know me. I'm looking at the Senior Bowl. I'm looking at guys' pro days. It's football 24-7, 365, 366 on a leap year. That's what I do here. It's always football energy. Come on, Albie. I mean, we do fantasy football. You know that I do this all the time. So is it interesting every single day, day that I wake up and I think what else could happen in football today? Yes, is the answer. It, it, you talked about J.J. Watt going into the break. I got to say, we, we joked about it. We talked about it on the final word and everything and saying, like, it's not going to happen. And even though Jeremy Fowler said the Steelers were very much in the running in, 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 and J.J. Uh, Watt also went on the Adam Schefter podcast and said, yeah, there, there was a serious chance there, but you just you can't when you're Chris, a did you did you actually think that the Steelers no. might make the move for JJ? I don't it doesn't matter what you think. Ooh, I'm sorry. See, you I got, got you there. me. You got, got me. You, you slide dog. I got you. That See was how I, I sucked you in there. Yes, you did. Um, all right, little little wrestling reference. The, the, the Dean, our producer, uh, <laughs> Kelly's in today, but Dean normally and Chris are trying to always get me to to to, to learn the finer points of the rock and you everything. Silly, sir. But, but back to the point here, JJ Watt would have been fine to fit in if, if everything, <laughs> but it, it wasn't going to happen because when you get teams like the Cardinals offering 15 and a half million dollars a year, that's that if the Steelers were able to pull off everything they wanted to, that would have been at least 75% of the salary cap that they created for themselves. They need that money to re-sign Zach Banner. So let's figure out, do they want to sign Sutton, Hilton, or both? They need that money to figure out, okay, who's the veteran offensive lineman we can bring back? And then start to figure out, okay, what you, what are we doing right now trying to fill in the, the depth holes on the roster? That's the focus right now for Kevin Colbert. And that also what I think we're going to see here, Albie, and we're starting to see the remnants of it in certain, on certain different teams. As free agency gets started on the 17th, you're going to see a lot of teams cut really surprising players trying to figure out their salary cap situation. And that's going to shake up the whole room for what this free agency market is. We may not know. We don't know right now who's going to be available on March 17th. There may be a center who's a veteran 
who will be, you know, relatively inexpensive for the, for the position who the Steelers might say, you know what, we're just going to sign him and we won't draft a center in the first, second or third round. We'll, we'll focus on other positions. We'll get a center in the fourth or fifth. And if that guy works out later, great, but we have this veteran guy to hold it down. While while that happens, we'll focus on offensive tackle, running back, tight end, linebacker, wherever, you know, but that there's so many things that could happen right now. And that's why free agency is so important. March 17th, you know what that happens to be two weeks from today. So, so uh, get it going. All right. Just let's, let's do a refresher here. And again, it's going to be difficult to know exactly what the landscape will be until everything is mapped out, the cap, everything else. But it's a foregone conclusion right now that the Steelers won't be able to afford Juju Smith-Schuster. Correct? Yes, it's it's, it's done. Foregone conclusion that James Conner is gone. Foregone conclusion that Al Villanueva will be gone. Foregone conclusion that Bud Dupree will be gone. Uh, I mean, this this is, you know, and, and, and it was a foregone conclusion that they weren't going to get J.J. Watt either. But now that he's signed with Arizona and they uh, brought that number 99 out of retirement, um, uh, he, he's officially off the map for Steelers fans. But there are still fans out there, and I run into them every day, Chris, and they say, do you think Juju might end up signing here? And the answer is, you know, I can't give you a sure a, a surefire 100% guarantee but it seems to me that he's gone, and it seems to me that they're going to have to move forward and make some hard decisions, not only there, but in free agency. But, but Albie, you have to think about it. The, the Steelers fans, they love Juju. They got to, I mean, don't, don't you think that he's at least earned the right to be at that kind of love from the fans? I mean, he's. Oh, sure. It doesn't matter what you think, Albie. Got him right you, back in. You got me right back. <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, we, yeah. Steelers fans, we, but we all feel you. You know, Juju has made big plays. He was the guy that replaced Antonio Brown. Um, you know, he had a 1,400-yard season. He has, you know, he knocked out Vontez perfect. He filled that kind of Heinz Ward receiver role. That's all great and fun. But the bottom line is, in the three years after he was drafted, they drafted James Washington, Deontay Johnson, and they just got Chase Claypool, who had 13 touchdowns as a rookie. All three of those guys drafted in the early rounds of the draft. That, that's just a sign they were ready to, if they needed to, not have to pay Juju. So that's the that, that, that that's what this all came down to. They knew this was going to be a tough cap year. They planned for that. And if Juju comes back on a cheap deal, great. But I'm telling you, there's a team like the Colts who has like $70 million in cap space right now, maybe a little less because they, they brought in Carson Wentz. But they've got a ton of money that they're willing to spend, and they need a, a wide receiver. I could see him going there, playing with Carson Wentz and a team that has a really good, uh, you know, offensive line and a, and a strong young running back, and he'll fit in fine there, and he'll he'll play great. But that's the thing is that the Steelers they don't have all that much to offer him. Uh, this is off the beaten path, but since you mentioned Carson Wentz, uh, your thoughts on him going to Indy? You think he'll find the success that kind of uh, went away from him in, in Philadelphia? It doesn't I'm matter what sure. I think. It doesn't matter what I think. I see no, what you're no, trying to no. do there. I, I do, but, I do need your answer on that. <laughs> but in, in all seriousness, um, I, I do think Carson Wentz getting the re- getting the reset button with Frank Reich. I think that's huge for him. He's a he, he's still a young, talented quarterback. You know, he maybe got ruined in Philadelphia, but he's someone's at least going to give a, a former you know second overall pick a shot and. That's why I think that, that that they're at. They're like, hey, if it doesn't work, you get rid of him at some point, and you and you, and you took the shot. But they, Indy needed a quarterback. They've got an offensive line. They've got a running back. They've got a young receiver in Michael Pittman. They like. If they get a Juju, you're putting Carson Wentz in a great situation with a young and developing defense. I, I think it's it was a smart move. It'll, it is a smart move for Indy to get him. It would be a smart move for them to, to attach Juju there as well. 
Well, Wentz, Sylvania didn't quite work out, but maybe Windiana will. We'll see. We'll see. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. You got me too. You came right back. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to come back and talk about the Pirates. Spring training's underway. And I know that there's not a lot of expectations for the Pirates, but it's always a great thing when you see them playing in the sunshine of Bradenton, Florida. We'll be back to talk about that on Halftime Adjustments right after this. Welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. We've talked about the Penguins. We've talked about the Steelers. And, well, why not talk about the Pirates? Uh, I mentioned going into the break, Chris, that the expectations were obviously uh, very low for this team. But uh, sometimes a team, a team's best friend is low expectations. Uh, I'm not expecting anything this year. They're planning for the future. I think they're building for the future. Uh, but, but it's still fun to see baseball starting up. They're in Florida where it's nice and warm and weather that we know that we're going to get sometime soon, hopefully. Uh, your thoughts on where the Pirates are and what they've done up to this point with the new regime to try to start to build a winner for the future. I mean, the, the whole thing here is fleshing out who are the guys that believe in your organization and in that, that they can believe in that they can be part of something in the near future. Most of the guys that are on the roster right now aren't going to be on this team you know, in the, in this ball club when they're actually making a push to be competitive again. We know that Albie, that's just how this works, but this is about figuring out amongst your young pitchers that you have on, on the staff right now, who's, who's going to be the guys that you want to keep around and who can, who can, who can be the baller. And, you know, right now we're talking about, there's a lot of talk. Everyone kind of just presumed that Kumar Rocker is going to be the number one overall pick. Um, but now there's talk about how there's a chance that, you know, that, that maybe he's not. Maybe it's his teammate from, from, from Van, Vanderbilt, um, Jack Leiter, who might be the number, number one overall pick. But there's, there's so many things here about the Pirates that this – and our, our beat writer, Alex J. Stump, he did a podcast on the DK Sports Radio Network, which you should all check out if you get a chance because uh, we all speak on that. But he, he did a podcast a while back saying, like, this 2021 isn't about 2021 for the Pirates. It's just not. And what, what, what I think is great about this – for the pirates is the, the people who are going to be going to the, to the games now, because we do know that they will be able to have fans. They can watch these games for the sense that, you know what, you know, I haven't seen a baseball game live in, Oh, in two years, you know, and it's, and that's been rough. I'll be just be happy to enjoy some baseball. And just, even though we know that this team's not going anywhere, we get that sense of satisfaction. from Yeah. Fans. Right. And you're seeing you can be here and say, okay, I was here when such and such pitched and, and started to show who he was, or I was here when such and such started to figure out how to hit the ball consistently and went on a few runs. That's, those are the things that you should be looking for this year. So it's rough, but at this point, if you're a pirates fan and you're still here thinking about the pirates, you've resigned yourself today. You know where, where they're at. It's, I think it's encouraging that they've kind of acknowledged it themselves and they're moving forward with that. But I'm also on the side of, for those people who say, I'm not giving the pirates the benefit of the doubt. You have every right to not do that. They've earned, they've earned that criticism that like, until you show me that you can be competitive again, I'm not going to believe that you're going to get it done. Yeah. And I, I, I appreciate what you're saying there about the, the pirates and the, and the fact that fans will just be glad to see baseball. And if there's such a thing as a bright side to the predicament that the pirates are in right now, uh, and certainly with all that everybody has dealt with uh, on, on a very, very profound level with, with uh, COVID and, and the pandemic, um, I think that that actually puts the Pirates 
in a in a good spot. Whereas you say people will just be excited to to see baseball, and they're not going to necessarily judge the Pirates on whether they win uh, sixty games or sixty five games. It's just a chance to go out and enjoy what so many what what all fans haven't been able to enjoy uh, for the past year. Uh, I know for one, when I went to the opening game last year, uh, the home opener, it was so strange uh, just to see the players lined up on, on the first and third base lines um, and, and, and have what would normally be a pregame ceremony with, the, with the, the, a jam-packed PNC Park. It was just so bizarre, as you've experienced with all the games. I mean, it's the same with the Steelers and the Penguins and, and you know, NBA when they were playing in the bubble. It was, just, it was a different way of watching sports last year. And a little bit, even if there's only 20% capacity at PNC Park, uh, and even if the Pirates aren't uh, competitive this year, I think it's a welcome sight. And that enough, I think, we'll be able to satisfy the fans. I really do. I, I do, too. I think this is going to be a sense of the crack of the bat. That you know, you know, a home run. I mean, you know, some someone going after a home run. That's a that that would be a refreshing feeling. I mean, heck, you know, seeing even the few fans that were at the Penguins game. That that was that was refreshing for people being able to be in that kind of environment again. It, it's still kind of weird. I still flinch. I'm like, ah, why, why are people so close to each other? Like, you know, just seeing that is kind of is kind of bizarre at times in sports. You know, because we've got I've gotten so used to having to just deal with the pandemic. You know, how many pit games have I covered where the Pete or Heinz Field was just was just empty and you know, and all we heard was that was, was that fake crowd noise being pumped in. You know, it, it's the same thing in in all sports. I mean, the Steelers, like you said, the Steelers. I mean, the Heinz Field. There's never been a game where Heinz Field has hasn't been rocking, or at least you know, if if fans are upset, they're making they're making it known that 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 whole element to getting that kind of fan and, and you know experience back and that was why pnc park was built pnc park was built to be one of the best fan experiences in the country with the not just the look onto the city but the facilities and the things that that it, that it brings to the table and the you know the way that the seating works i i just i think that having that back would be a nice treasure to have back in the city even with the pirates playing it the way that they are um you know i'm a guy i'm a sports guy you know i've not i've been i've never been a diehard baseball guy but i've always followed the pirates and even i mean i listen i, I was born in 1989 by the time i was able to actually like walk around and, and, and enjoy sports the pirates stunk anyway but i still wanted to go every year because of that i think that pittsburghers will relish in that opportunity this year yeah and i think you, you learn to move on you learn to deal with the new normal i mean even something as simple as you and me and so many others who would normally have an opportunity to go into locker room so that's not going to happen anytime soon but we've gotten used to it we've gotten used to doing this great show on zoom and I think that, uh, and, and so many other things, we've learned to deal with Zoom, we've learned to deal with distancing, and if the fans come back a little bit at a time, I think it's going to be a, a great thing for everybody's psyche just to have something positive to rally around, even if it's only 15 or 20%. All right, back with our final thoughts on Halftime Adjustment right after this. Welcome back to Halftime Adjustments, our final minute. I'm Albie Oxenrider with Chris Carter. And Chris, you talk about Steelers uh, offseason picking up steam, and it, I know it never slows down for you. Baseball starting up, hockey, the game is going to become more interesting, and the weather is starting to break. I really feel positive with a lot of good things going on. Do you feel the same? 
Yeah, I feel the same. I, I feel like it's nice once I'm, I'm not a cold weather person. I like that. But, you know, a lot of positive things are happening in Pittsburgh. And one of the things I think is that Jeff Capel has held on to his basketball program. You know, we taught you people thought it was calamitous. It was a disaster when Xavier Johnson and Audis Tony transferred out back to back days. But what's apparent to me, Albie, is that these players still believe in it. The way they fought in these last two games, he's got young players like Femi Otakali and William Jeffers who can be part of his future. That's a major part of this program that they need to go forward. I think the Pitt Panthers still got a future with Jeff Capel. All right. Uh, Pitt Panthers with one more game uh, against Clemson and the Duquesne Dukes starting the Atlantic 10 tournament on Thursday morning. Thanks, Chris. I'm Albie Oxenrider, and thank you for joining us here in Halftime Adjustments. We'll see you next week, as always, right here on WPXI Now.